Hey everybody, welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a Smallville retrospective podcast where we take a deep dive into each and every episode of the hit TV series Smallville. Uh, first off, we just want to do a little bit of um, housekeeping. We want to give a big shout out to uh, A Plus Opinions on Twitter for engaging with us on the Twitter. Uh, I guess just on the Twitter. I'm going to say it like an old man. Um, and, uh, we want to give a big shout out to Thomas who got a hold of us, uh, via email. He just wrote us letting us know that he never saw Smallville, uh, when it first debuted. He was just a, a little too young, but he did marathon it in 2017 and loved it, especially loved the pilot and the dynamic between, uh, Lois and Clark and the finale, which is a fantastic episode of television. Uh, also his favorite characters are Clark, Martha, Lois, I'll say blank because it's a spoiler, and blank, because it's also a spoiler. He's really looking forward to the uh, five-part crisis event this year, as are Paul and myself, and uh, he's kind of um, very encouraging in that he'd like me and Paul to uh, to dive a little bit deeper into DC um, shows, DC news, stuff like that. Thomas, we're looking forward to it ourselves. Thanks for writing in, man. We, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, as for the actual episode... Let's get this rolling. It is episode 11, titled Hug. It is written by Doris Egan and directed by Chris Long, who also directed Hourglass and at least a few episodes of the original run of the Birds of Prey series, which was a spinoff of Smallville. Uh, the original air date of Hug was February 5th, 2002. So without further ado, roll credits. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? Not too bad, Steve. How's it going? I'm doing well, thank you very much. It is a good Saturday, and the Edmonton Oilers are five and zero. Oh yes, oh yeah, and we are we are we're at uh, Thanksgiving weekend because Canada does it early. Oh, it is Canadian Thanksgiving. It is. That's right. I'm working uh, on the actual day, so it kind of means nothing to me. <laughs> but oh, man, yeah, no, I'll be in a turkey coma tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, yeah. I believe I am doing the family turkey day thing as well tomorrow because, like I said, I am working the holiday Monday. But that's fine because I can use them overtime hours. Yeah, I got me that government job, so no working for me. Ooh, that's a pretty sweet deal too. Yeah. Anyway, Polly, episode 11, Hug. What's your just yeah. quick initial thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's pretty cool because there's a couple of things that happen toward the tail end of the episode that it's kind of, you know, powers revealed and stuff like that. And then, uh, like the, uh, you know, the guy who's the, the villain, I guess, of the episode has kind of a pretty scary power in that all he has to do is basically make you shake his hand and then you're done. Yeah. And I don't even know if, if, necessarily if like that's the way it like if he just touches you maybe is that enough grabs your hand no i think he literally like I, I mean he remember because there's a point later on we'll get into it but he actually somehow gets jonathan kent to help him up and he has to have hold of his hand to do it okay so maybe it's yeah. maybe it is a touching thing and it has to be like a certain amount of time or that the grip yeah. has something to do with it yeah. Um, right. But yeah, so uh, I, I actually also very, very much enjoyed this episode. It is a cool power set. There's a nice twist in it mm. um, as far as like um, hero villain goes. Um, right. And then you're right. Towards the end of the episode, a couple really good jaw dropping moments. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, without any further ado, Paulie, why don't you just start us off? So yeah, I think the uh, the cold open is just we're we're in Metropolis. We're seeing like a like a a high rise building and inside uh, there's uh, somebody standing at a window as another man walks into the room and the guy standing at the window turns around. He kind of motions for him to sit and they kind of quickly get into this kind of argument about uh, like the EPA is not going to allow this guy, uh, Mr. Bob Rickman uh, to open up a, uh, a plant in Smallville because of all of the, issues that his company has and all this other stuff and he kind of makes the point by 
taking kind of a cylinder of tainted groundwater and puts it right in front of him. It's either like a cylinder or a bottle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's some kind of vial. Yeah, and it's like brown. It's not. It's not. It's um. Yeah, it's straight, not healthy water. Straight from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, We're sorry, Flint. We we hope you get better yeah, soon. Yeah. No. Uh, and like this has been going on for years. The Flint thing, like it's ridiculous. Um. But uh. So he kind of, he kind of this guy from the EPA kind of just lets him know that it's not going to happen. You're blocked. Every case again, until every case against him is settled. And Rickman kind of tries to appeal to this guy's name, I guess is, uh, let me see here. Uh, it's Paul Hendricks, uh, tries to appeal to his soft spot by saying, Oh, Smallville has a special place in his heart. Um, and he gets shot down one more time. And so he kind of, like as sort of a well thanks for thanks anyway get offers a handshake in kind of mock defeat and this is where his power takes hold and he basically uh he's talking to hendrix about the fact that oh you know what your job doesn't even matter nobody even knows what you do and uh kind of drives this guy into a despair before he leaves the room and gets into the elevator like a deep, deep depression. Right. Deeply. Just hits him with seasonal depression right before he walks out the door. Uh, a couple things about this scene that I, I thought. Number one, we open the show in Metropolis again. And I just, like, am very surprised at the amount of time we spend in Metropolis in season one. I don't remember yeah. it being that way. I had I had a record scratch moment where this guy was standing at the window and he has kind of longer hair. And when he turned around... He looked, I was just like, that is not Lionel Luther. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it though. I can totally yeah. see it. Yeah. He does want a thing at a point where he's like proving, he's trying to prove his case. And like you said, he holds up like the, the brown water and he shakes it at him. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, that's just one sample from one river, blah, blah, blah. And then he holds up a file and he's got, well, I've got 96 other cases, blah, blah, blah. And, and that file has yeah. maybe two pieces of paper in it. <laughs> I'm like, that's the worst. Like, whoever was in charge of props that day, right. you failed your city. Because yeah. um, it's like... You have failed this city. Yeah, who, who's, whose scientific staff wrote that manifesto? Because it's pretty... Yeah. Um, it's I, I want to say it's like climate-denying scientists. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Just say, write it in crayon, not true, and then just hand it out. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, so our... our um, we assume we've been uh, uh, introduced to like the big bad for the episode. He, he shows his powers and he leaves our lawyer boy depressed and just staring out a window. Cause you, and, and at that, you kind of know it's coming, but the big right. bad heads downstairs, gets out of the elevator. And the very first thing you see is a doorway and a big old yellow cab. And mm-hmm. I immediately knew that that cab was fucked. Yeah. It, that cab is, is getting a body on it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Our, our depressed lawyer decides to swan dive uh, yeah. on top of that beautiful, until that point, pristine yellow cab. Yeah, he just he he played a little too much Assassin's Creed and uh, just decided to Ezio that window. <laughs> and he yeah, he's not Ezio. No, he dead. He dead. And uh, that's uh, opening credits. But uh, I think right after that, we're on the wooded trail and uh, Lana, Clark and Chloe are riding horses. And and some are, uh, you know, two of them are having a lot better time than another. (laughs) I will say this. um, uh, Chloe having issues like uh, controlling the horse, but like some pretty decent like stunt riding Cause that is 100% yeah. Allison Mack. Like they don't cut yeah. away. There's not, you know, shots from behind or whatever. So I don't know if no. she had previous riding experience or something, but like I've only ever been on a horse twice and I wouldn't right. want to attempt to slightly aggravate the horse to look fun. No. So. Yeah. But so yeah, they, they're kind of, you know, they're having a little chat about, uh, of, I can't remember how it gets there, but their conversation gets to what they might do after they graduate. Yes. Um, 
and Clark kind of makes a point pointed comment about nodding, not wanting to be a farmer, but also not wanting to wear a suit and do a lot of flying. Yes. Yeah. He just doesn't. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I think they bring up, they bring up somebody's dad or maybe they're talking about Lex or, or Lionel, but he, he essentially just says like, I don't want to be a salesman. I don't want to be a businessman. Yeah. I don't want to wear a suit and just fly around all the time, which is, you know what it is. You know what it is? It's uh, that Lana brings up the fact that uh, Whitney is trying his hardest to not end up uh, taking over his dad's yeah. store. There you go. Yeah, that's what it is. But uh, Chloe mentions uh, suddenly that she dropped her camera. Um, and Lana says she's going to uh, go and get it. And from kind of the tree line, we get like a, a point of view shot of somebody watching Lana go. Um, but, uh, Chloe kind of starts talking to Clark about that kind of strange happenings in the woods and including a survey team from Rickman Industries that came screaming out of the woods. Um, and Chloe is starting to turn the conversation toward this guy that lives in the wood named Kyle Tippett when they hear a lot of screaming. And, uh, so Clark hops off his horse and tells Chloe to watch the horses and kind of like waits for her just to turn her back just for long enough that he can speed away. But she turns around like immediately and he's just gone. Like, and she kind of half notices like half is like, what? Just for a second. The first like few seasons with like, um, Chloe and Clark are, are constantly like this where Clark just does something superhuman, but it's just out of Chloe's eye shot. And she always just kind of goes, huh? Yeah, and then, but then there's also, like, there's, uh, it's not until the next episode, but there's a part where Clark basically just uses super speed in front of everybody, in front of a bunch of people. Like, there's well, no way people didn't notice. But he did that, like, two episodes ago when he was, like, uh, getting the puke bowl in the party. Right. Right? So, yeah. it's yeah. one of those, like, his, I mean, like, Clark's fast, but at this point, he's not even at the peak of his Superman power- powers, and he's not the Flash. No, like there's no way he'd be able to run through that party like that and not have someone notice it. Anybody not notice that giant blur that started where yeah. Clark, Clark got up and then ended when Clark sat back down again? <laughs> yeah, everybody's just like, well, there's something in this Molly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. There was a yeah. haze in the room that night. Yeah, but uh, so he takes off uh, and Lana. We see kind of Lana uh, being kind of shaken away awake, um, and it's this dude's face is kind of leering over. Um, but then Clark uh, approaches, and this guy runs off. Uh, and Chloe's but Chloe's camera was laying on the ground right next to him, apparently recording. And my question here is, where where is your fucking horse, Lana? Like, where is it? Where's your horse? Oh, I didn't even think about that. My question was. How, like, Chloe's like, oh, I dropped my camera. Did you drop it or throw it? Like, how far off the trail was this? Or did... My assumption is that maybe Lana got the camera back and was on her way to get back to them, and then her horse got spooked while she already had the camera. That's And that explains maybe why it was next to them while she was on the ground. Okay. But, But actually, in that next scene, we're on the farm, and the Kents are kind of going over the tape. Like... They just have Chloe's tape. <laughs> like, they're just going over it. Um, yeah, it's a little weird, because at this point, everybody believes that Lana's been attacked by some man, and like, why, right. why have you not brought that directly to the police? Yeah, but we do learn that kind of Lana is pretty, is pretty much fine, minus a concussion, which, to me, is not fine. Like, a concussion is not fine. Well, back then we <laughs> but, didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Um, but uh, but also we learned that Nell is basically out for blood. Like she wants Clark to lie about his th- his story to get this Kyle dude locked up. Like and, legitimately yeah. asks Clark to go into the police and falsify a statement to them. Yeah, this is the. It uh, wasn't it like the the cock blocking Nell who is kind of slightly trash talking Clark not even two episodes ago yeah yeah something like that uh I think yeah Jonathan though 
is about to kind of head out to see Kyle when Clark just volunteers to do it. And like, you know, the Kents do their look back and forth at each other and then just kind of say, all right. Um, what is next? I think it's the, it's the really quick scene with Lex. Uh, yeah. No, so Lex, he's at like, um, that business guy is trying to set up shop in Smallville. Lex right. obviously has a past with him or it's some kind of reception because there's champagne involved. Um, right. And it's I like know that there's champagne because this guy tries to like shake Lex's hand and Lex does the smoothest, like he's, it looks like he's going to, but he actually just reaches over and grabs champagne off the tray. And I'm like, that is like the slickest, like cold shoulder I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But we, uh, they kind of trade barbs back and forth a little bit. And we learn that Rickman is planning on buying the farm and Lex finds that hilarious. He's like, good luck. Well, I mean, Lex can't even give the Kent's money to help out with the farm. Yeah. Let alone, like, actually flat out buy the Kent farm. So there's no way that's happening in this episode. We should leave that plot line alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, out at uh, Kyle's kind of creepy trailer in the woods, um, Clark uh, is at his door but gets kind of snuck up on which clark gets snuck up on a lot i guess he doesn't really have super hearing yet though does he um oh. no i don't believe he does yet no but uh they have a quick conversation like clark picks up a hard hat and suggests maybe kyle is spooking people um and kyle just kind of says you know like people leave me alone i leave them alone um and kyle uh is basically he gets asked by Clark why he's so unfriendly and Kyle replies that he isn't interested in friends because they'll always betray you in the end. Which Clark has like a little reaction to. Yeah, he, I mean, Clark is, he's the Boy Scout, right? Even at this point, he's the Boy Scout. Yeah. So we kind of like, I don't know if this is necessarily meant to be foreshadowing for like Lex. Um, but, but Clark's very taken aback at like, oh, how can you not love everybody? Um, I do remember at one point during this, like Kyle's like monologue about, oh, I don't mm. like people. They don't like me. I leave them alone. They leave me alone. Blah, blah. And I'm just like, this dude's kind of my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to, I want to win a bagel in the woods. Can I have a trailer in the woods and I'll just build like sculptures out of bone. <laughs> and like car doors and shit yeah exactly yeah i mean it's the dream <laughs> it's the dream it's a dream <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's an attainable dream uh so but uh so i guess over at the cafe clark kind of checks in on lana letting her know he went to kyle and believes he wasn't trying to hurt her uh, but Whitney's right there and puts in his two cents. Oh, if I was there, I would have kicked his ass. And uh, like Lana and Clark have like this brief look between them. That's like, yes, Whitney, we know you're a prick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, calm down, tough guy. Yeah. And Clark gets up to leave. But on the way out, he talks to Lex, uh, who kind of very briefly gives him the warning about Rickman and what Rickman is planning. And Clark is kind of the same way. He's just like, what? My dad's not going to sell the farm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And and, and Lex is kind of, he, he's like, even though I don't like Rickman, I have to say his record of getting things done is oddly impressive. Like he yeah. gets things done and I don't know how he does it, but so yeah. watch the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it because you'll, you'll, he'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and this, is I this guess, where Rickman, Rickman, and Tippett meet outside, right? Uh, well, they meet inside that event space first. Like they're oh, they're kind okay. of they're at that same place where the kind of get together was happening. Um, and Kyle just kind of warns them that Smallville's off limits. They have they don't really get deeply into their history here, but they basically just let us know that they, you know, they know each other. And Kyle offers his, his own hand to prove how unafraid of Bob he is. 
Yes, and I I have a note specifically of that is like I always dig when like a big bad meets someone that makes them visibly nervous. Yeah. It's just always just like a fun little thing like oh this guy's such a badass he's a oh he's afraid of this other guy. Uh-oh. Yeah. This other guy must be very scary. But uh outside this is outside Whitney sees Clark and Kyle talking and is like a total Whitney about it. Uh, Clark offers Kyle a ride home. He kind of accepts, but Rickman was also there kind of standing in the doorway and he was observing what happened and he calls Whitney over, uh, does some hand stuff to him. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Shakes his hand, you know? Oh, oh, hand stuff. oh, yeah. Give, hand gives stuff Whitney the, uh, a hand job. Give, a hand job, yeah. So okay. Whitney gets a hand job, and now he's going to do whatever uh, Bob says. As you do. Yeah. Kind of just, yeah. That's so, how it works. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we we are out at Kyle's. It's night, like basically like full 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 dark at this point. And uh, Clark asks about Rickman and is warned off. But when asked, uh, he kind of tells Clark some people aren't meant to have a normal life. Because he, he's, Clark kind of is like, well, don't you want to, like, live around other people? And, like, don't you miss it? And Clark, he's kind of like, no, not really. But Clark leaves. And even as Kyle is going to unlock his trailer, he catches a glimpse of Whitney in the window just in time. Because he dodges that first swing. Yeah. And it knocks his food out of his hands or whatever. Which legitimately probably would have killed the guy. Yeah, yeah. You take a baseball bat to the back of the head. You're done, yeah. Yeah. So we cut over to Clark, who he he spots Whitney's truck on the road, kind of puts two and two together really quick, rushes back to Kyle's, and, uh, you know, during the intermittent time between that, we're seeing, like, Whitney continuing to swing wildly. He knocks Kyle down once. Um, Kyle kind of kicks him away, knocking the bat loose. Um, and then Whitney grabs like that burning two by four, but Kyle's got the bat at this point. Uh, he basically, uh, he smashes Whitney in the gut once to kind of double him over. And he's about to straight up finish him when Clark speeds in. Like Clark didn't see anything except for Kyle swinging the bat. Yeah. Right. So, but Clark basically gets the bat shattered on him. Which, like, I get that he doesn't need to, but this is, like, four episodes in a row Clark's taken, like, some kind of Something object. to the face. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like, a bunch of blunt force trauma. Like, Clark needs yeah. to, he doesn't need to, but he should get better at dodging things. Right, yeah. There's a shadow, something shattering on his face in slow motion, like, four episodes in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but... Can't even remember what happens right after that. I think it's basically he's it, it cuts straight to Kyle being loaded into a squad car. Yeah. So he gets arrested. Um Whitney, Whitney lies Whitney to the cops. Whitney's, yeah, Whitney. Whitney's like, Oh, I was just coming out here to talk to him, and then he attacked me. And he goes, Right, Clark. And Clark's like, Well, I mean, I didn't see that, but okay. Yeah, but because Clark doesn't fully vouch for him, Whitney flips out. Yes. And clearly, either he either doesn't remember what he did or is, like, actively lying. I think he's actively... I got the, the impression that he was actively lying because he does think this guy attacked his girlfriend. So it's an ends justify the means situation where he's like, what the hell, Clark? Like, we're just, I'm trying to protect Lana. Why aren't you trying to protect Lana? Right. But yeah, so I think that we, yeah, like it's pretty, it's pretty clear. Well, it's not, to me at the time, I think when I was watching it, it didn't read necessarily that Whitney knew really what was going on because he had his intention of what he was going to do originally. He was going to go talk to Kyle, but maybe everything that happened once Rickman shook his hand was completely erased. And the next thing, the next thing that, jarred him out was when he got hit oh. like when, when kyle hit him in the gut 
he probably came out of it right then and was just like, oh, well, I was on my way out here, and now the next thing I know, I'm being attacked. That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Right. I didn't see it that way, but you're right. It could be kind of like the mind loss or mind wipe kind of thing from after, well, not really completing, but after taking part in whatever order Rickman gave him. Right, right. And he got jarred loose a little bit by a little bit of pain. Yeah, okay. I think that, because that, that tends to be the thing that has jars people loose as we'll go through the episode. We'll see a couple more instances of that, I think. Uh, the next day, Pete, Clark, and Chloe are, <clears throat> they're trying to figure out what brought Kyle out of hiding in the first place because he was just kind of incognito for years, right? Like, um, he's just a hermit. But, yeah, just a hermit. Um, and uh, a very pissed Lana comes in and asks for the room. Like basically kicks Chloe and Pete out of the room. Like I, don't I wrote a note Pete about that. Nice. Like I love how many times Lana just walks into a room and expects everybody else to leave. Like, can I see? She doesn't go in and say, "Can I see you for a second And pick yeah. one person. She walks in and says, "Everybody out," <laughs> and everybody <laughs> listens for some reason. Yeah, Pete. I don't think has lines. <laughs> but you know what? You might be right. I don't know. I think he might have like maybe one line, maybe. But I think he gives like there. an uh oh look. I think him and Chloe just share like an uh oh yeah. look at this point. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So uh, again, like she's pissed the same way Whitney is about the fact that Clark seems to just be defending Kyle for no reason. Um. But when Clark brings up what Whitney did to him, Lana really doubles down on how pissed she is because she thinks that the only reason why Clark didn't have Whitney's back is because of what he did to him with in the, in the pilot. It's like, yeah, yeah. So she's like, Oh, so this is revenge, blah, blah, blah. And at that point I'm thinking to myself, like Clark Kent's greatest superpower might be his ability to not roll his eyes with all the bullshit he has to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> like every time he turns around, somebody is shitting on this poor guy's head. And it's like, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. I can't back Whitney because I can't corroborate. Uh, you know, I can't corroborate. Thank you. Corroborate. What yeah. he says <laughs> happened. I didn't see it myself. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm not saying he's right. Yeah. And that's just from like the, the couple times he's met Kyle. Kyle has not come off as like a violent dude. Whereas Whitney, you can tell is somebody who will fucking fuck you up if you mess with him. Yes. So he's got a hot head. Whitney, yeah, yeah, Whitney. Whitney seems like a, a yeah, like you said, a hothead. He seems like uh, a very swing first, ask, ask questions later kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the next scene is the scene where Rickman kind of, kind of finagles his way into the farm. Uh, it it so is because I, I remember like thinking about the whole like, man, Clark deals with a lot of bullshit from Lana. And then the very next cut is Jonathan like scooping manure. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, like, wow. Like bucking a stall right onto, uh, right yeah. onto. Oh, right onto Rickman's his shoes, shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so he comes in, introduces himself, and he shakes hands with Jonathan, who's wearing gloves, and it doesn't do anything. Um, and Jonathan, of course, shoots down the offer and only kind of half jokes that. If he were interested in money, he wouldn't have become a farmer. Which is fair. Yeah. Uh, so dismissing him, Jonathan kind of turns away and he he's uh, kind of cleaning up and he takes his gloves off and kind of seeing his last chance, Bob feigns an injured ankle and kind of falls down. And when Jonathan takes his hand to to help him up, it's deals done. Like it's yeah, it's like a quick a cut to the next scene kind of thing. Yeah. Which is actually yeah. uh, really great directing. Yeah. Well, we get a really quick tour of uh, of Jonathan's brain real quick because it shoots into his head. And we see all the synapses firing. That's right. It's showing you how it works. Yeah. And it comes out and his eyes glowing green for a second. And then it cuts to inside and Martha is like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Which was like just an amazingly fantastic reaction. Like that cut directly into Martha like flipping out like Jonathan what the hell yeah yeah and Jonathan's just like I don't know like that's my signature I don't remember doing it 
Um, but then that's when like Clark walks in. They have to explain to Clark what just happened. Right? Because yeah. he wasn't sitting there the whole time. Yeah. Well, and Clark says he knows he has somebody who can help. And Jonathan just assumes that that means Lex. And and Martha's like, you don't have anything to stand on at this point, Jonathan. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, you've done enough damage for today. Why don't yeah. you go sit one out in the bench and then uh, we'll let Clark handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think at the cafe. Yeah. Uh, he squeezes by Whitney and Lana and sits down with Lex and uh, Lex makes a comment about Clark being a, sort of like Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. And Clark says he's and, never read it. Yeah. And, and Lex is like, you should change that. Yeah. And but, I was uh, like, really? Because it seems like Clark would have read To Kill a Mockingbird. And then I remember that I have never read To Kill a Mockingbird. So I am not one to judge. Well, that's the thing is I did read it in ninth grade. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So that was, I, I found it. I was like, man, like I may have read it a little too early. Well, it felt like torture to, to ninth grader. <laughs> it felt like torture. I can see reading it too early and like not really being able to grasp it at a young exactly. age. Yeah. I can totally well, see that. Because that's the thing is we all had to write a paper on it. And I just, I remember just not getting it. (laughs) Oh, and, and it's that whole thing. Like it's, it's a schoolwork thing. So you're not going to appreciate it as much because it's work. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to read some comics. motherfucker. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but Lex goes on to offer his legal team, despite the contract being kind of ironclad. He's like, it's going to take like a dozen lawyers. And he's like, luckily I've got an army. And he uh, would. Yeah. Which is crazy because you'd think like Lex, Lex contacts the legal team. And then like the legal team probably goes to Lionel. And it's like, yeah, we're going to help uh, Lex sort out this very, uh, we're going to use all of our resources to help Lex with this situation out in Smallville. And Lionel's probably like, the fuck you are. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's an excellent point, actually, because if Lionel got wind of it, wait, hold on, you're going to use all of our legal power and the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars that will cost us to try to block what seems to be an ironclad legal sale of one farm? No, I don't think so. He's like, well, it's Rickman Rickman Industries. And then Lionel's like, oh, well, fuck Rickman Industries. Yeah, bury him. (laughs) Bury him. Yeah, but... Lex uh, kind of asks where, like, Clark kind of gets an idea. Um, and Lex kind of asks where Clark is going, and Clark says, to jail. <laughs> uh, oh, oh yeah, okay. I was like, yeah. I don't remember that part. And then, now I do. Yeah. But meanwhile, uh, Rickman is continuing to do hand stuff to people, uh, namely this time a, a deputy, um, and asks that he take care of an old friend for him. Um, and we, we cut to Kyle in his cell and he gets a visit from a deputy who we don't initially see the face of. And so I was like, oh, okay, the guy's going to try to kill him in his jail cell, but it's a totally different guy. Um, and so Kyle gets outside of his cell and then Kyle, uh, gives out his own handy and outside we see Kyle dressed as a sheriff. It's, uh, it, this, this, it, it seems like we're setting up for maybe the single best thumb wrestling match of all time. Right. <laughs> the, it's, it's, it's like thumb wrestling WrestleMania. There you go. Yeah. I'll watch it. One thumb walks in, one thumb leaves. <laughs> Hell in a cell for thumbs. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But outside Kyle, Kyle's dressed as a sheriff. Clark shows up calls out to him, but kind of as Kyle's turning toward him, the hypnotized guard, Bob, uh, handied, uh, fires his gun and kind of Clark is watching the bullet fly past, but then tries to catch up and doesn't quite get to it in time. Like we I actually, actually see the bullet through and like through. Like really, really surprised at this point. I was, oh yeah. my God, Clark didn't stop the bullet. <laughs> he actually yeah. just kind of yeah. let Kyle get shot. Well, like I, I think he might have pushed Kyle at the right moment because rather than getting shot in the heart, it just went through the shoulder. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. Still got him shot though. And then we meet 
like Lex's like personal physician, this fucking crazy hippie. Okay, so this guy's got a line at some point because Lex is like, "Oh, you've done good work. Thanks, you saved him." And and the doctor's like, "Hey, don't worry about it, man. It's nothing. This is nothing like. Uh, it's not nearly as serious as uh, Ozzy Sub-Zero. snorting fire ants in New Zealand." And oh. I'm like, "Is he talking about like oh, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> snorting it's gotta fire be. ants? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> it was such a good like weird throwaway line." Yeah, but yeah, this guy is Toby. Uh, so he but he brings up Lex's stab wound from the Club Zero incident too. Yes. And Lex is like, let's not. Seeds. It's a seed. They're yeah, planting and, seeds. Yeah. And, but, uh, he's, Toby's just like, uh, money in the usual spot. And Clark, uh, and, um, Lex is like, yeah, envelope on my desk. Lex I always just, really ah. like the, the times when Clark, or like the only person Clark can turn to is Lex. Right. Considering you know where in the long run where this is going to go, but it is really great where like every once in a while Clark just gets backed into a corner. He's like the only person I can trust right now is Lex Luthor. Well, because if you think about if you go way out, if you uh, read it way out in the future, the number of times where Lex was instrumental in making sure Clark didn't get caught or something didn't happen, terrible happened, like Lex could have made Superman Superman way sooner than he was ever supposed to be. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as Clark's about to head out, he's like, uh, Lex is like, hey, Atticus, you might want to change your shirt. Which has the worst fake blood on it I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. And this it's like uh, it's shiny. It it almost looks like they pulled poured like Nickelodeon slime on his shirt, but colored it red. Like it's yeah. very badly fake. It looks like somebody melted a big Turk and just smeared it on his shirt. <laughs> yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Uh yeah, man. Now now I really want a big Turk. Me, I love those things, man. I fucking so many love people them, don't. Man. I absolutely I fucking love them. Love them. Holy shit. I've, I I didn't think there was anyone else. Oh, no, dude. I'm 100% into that Turkish delight. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> in the States might not know what those are, by the way. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Big Turk. Look up Big Turks, guys. It's like red jelly covered in chocolate. It's fucking fantastic. Oh. They're so good. Delicious. Anyway, back to the episode of Smallville. <laughs> yeah, we'll start up our Big Turk podcast next week. Yeah, Big Turk cast. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, on the farm, Lana kind of waits for Clark in the loft. They kind of argue some more about Kyle, but uh, Lana makes kind of a solid point about Kyle escaping from jail looking pretty bad. But it kind of ends like the their talk kind of ends on a on a sour note. Well, this is still. Um, I mean, it's kind of a love triangle that doesn't really exist, I guess, you know, yeah, like, it really. it, like Clark's trying to get his way in there, right. but well, you consider like, all of the work that he did in the previous episode and he, it, it's like, they're moving it back now. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that is, it's by design. That could mm-hmm. be entirely be it. Like, look, well, we want to string out this Clark Lana thing for like at least four or five seasons. So right. they're literally two episodes ago. We're on the verge of ripping each other's clothes off. Maybe we backpedal a little bit. Yeah. Give, give them reason to not give her reason to not trust him and yada, yada. Yeah. That's um, yeah. The next morning, uh, Lex runs into Rickman at the beanery, kind of snubs him again with the handshake uh, and kind of Lex is followed to the table where they've kind of both take a seat. Lex makes it clear that he has the Kent's back and that Rickman uh, Rickman's about to leave and he kind of puts his hand on Lex's shoulder and Rick and he, Lex is just like, don't touch me. Yeah. Just flat out. Don't touch me. And yeah. I do like that as a plot point that like Lex is not aware of the power. He just, detests Rickman so much that it's like, no, there will be no physical contact whatsoever unless it's me stomping on your nose. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he kind of, he, I think he may, he might see like Rickman as like a close talker. 
And he's just like, I fucking, I can't stand these fucking people. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just back up. Just back up, dude. Yeah. Your fucking breath, dude. Halitosis. Give me, give me a break. Uh, but, uh, there's a rumor. Oh no, I guess he knows about Lex knows about the Rickman Tippett connection. Um, not what happened way back in the day, but he knows that there's something going on. Like they used to be business partners. Um, on the way out, he introduces uh, Rickman introduces himself to Clark, and for once, someone's power doesn't make him sick. I really actually liked it a lot. It's kind of a weird reverse kryptonite thing. And yeah. they do a little nod to something that Superman's done for a very long time, where it's like when he gets to shake a bad guy's hand, he just puts just enough pressure on it to like slightly crush the bones, but not yeah. really break anything. Yeah, not break their hand. Yeah. Uh, turn it to jelly. Just basically like, I'm going to like establish dominance right now and you'll yeah. know it. He could have turned that hand into Turkish delight. Yeah, big Turk. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! Oh, now, let's go okay. to show notes this time. Yep, um, <laughs> might as well. At at uh, at the table, because uh, Chloe, Chloe and Clark came in at the same time. I think um, at the table, Chloe reveals what they found out, what she found out about Tippett Rickman, and it involves meteors. <laughs> And uh, Lex is just like, let's go ask him. Yeah, uh, and I do. I like. The, I like. It's. It's. It, I mean, it's a small thing, and they don't necessarily like directly say it. But I like that this is. They kind of establish here that while most people who are contaminated by meteor rock go bad or have kind of a mental break, it's not true of everybody. Right. Yeah, Kyle might be one of the first. I think he yeah. is the first. Yeah. Well, because Rickman, I mean, Rickman's, I think, mentally stable. He's just, he's also has no morality. That's okay. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, I was going to go back to uh, Amy Adams' character who right. really only went crazy because like the hunger drove her there, I would say. I would say at first she was kind of completely fine and almost sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. But they, they needed to get her to that kind of almost crazed point so that we would, you know, see her as the bad guy of the episode. And I actually, I don't even know if they were even trying to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they actually cut back to the mansion and like the nurse that, that was over overlooking the, um, you know, uh, over, over, uh, Kyle just doesn't even know who they're talking about. And, Man, what else? I think that that's just like a really quick scene where they find that Kyle's gone. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so he's like erased her memory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She got handjobbed. Uh, out of the trailer, though, Clark and Chloe are talking to Kyle. He reveals everything about his what his power does. Chloe's just like, come on, get out of here. You, that doesn't work. And he has him tested on her. And, like, she has no memory of what occurs, which is that she kisses Clark. And, but then she does realize it because she's like, why is my breath minty? Yeah, this is, the whole thing is just fun. It's just a really, really fun scene. It's very well acted by both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clark is so uncomfortable. Well, because I think this is the first time where... Because, like, uh, Tippett goes, starts in on it, like, right? right? He's like, so, Chloe, why don't you tell Clark how you really feel? And and Clark's not, doesn't get it at all. He's like, well, yeah. there's nothing here, blah, blah, blah. And Chloe's like, oh, whatever. She And she doesn't believe Tippett can make her do anything. But it is kind of the first reveal that Chloe absolutely has the hots for Clark. Right. And there's, and Clark doesn't forget this. No, Clark so remembers we, yeah, this is something that going forward Clark is aware of. Yes. So we'll have to see how much this sticks as a thing. Yeah. And hopefully uh, it does because the moral thing to do would be like not 
uh, exploit it. You know, like I know you have feelings for me. I know you don't remember what happened. Right. So. Right. Well, but that thing is now she she kind of does though because remember she, there's the whole thing where she's just like, why is my breath all minty? You and have to think that, like they, the... that yeah, like you would think that Clark told her. Yeah. And and maybe not so much like he got you to reveal your true feelings to me, but maybe he was like he made you kiss me. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like the action was there, but he did the intention wasn't re- or like you wouldn't let Chloe know that the intention were, was revealed to kind of yeah. save her from humiliation. I'm just kind of now realizing how close this is to like tip it almost like roofing Chloe. <laughs> it's like yeah, pretty close. Pretty, I mean like, I get that they're playing a game and he's, or, and he's trying to, like, prove something to her, but there's a million other ways you could have done that. Right. He could have, like, uh, again, like, anything else, right? Anything. But, um, go chop some, go char- chop a cord of wood. Yeah. And then, like, 20 minutes later, she's like, why do my arms hurt? Well, because you chopped an entire cord of wood. And there's the wood right there to prove it. Like, it, yeah, exactly. It could have been a provable thing. But... Uh, Kyle kind of makes to take off and Clark and Chloe question how he could let Rickman do this in so many other places and then only stop him when it came to Smallville. And Kyle kind of admits that as long as it was away from him, he didn't care. And he hits him with another, and it's a line that Clark gets. I think he's already got it a couple times in the show, and he's just going to mm. continue to get it probably once a month. And he just hits him with that line of, do you know what it's like to hide who you are? Or do you know what it's like to have to hide because of who you are? It's like, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so, and then we get one more. We're at the mansion. Rickman visits Lex to let him know how he's he's kind of dropping Smallville as a proposed site for his plant and all this other stuff, and kind of as a mea culpa, offers his hand in defeat, and then we don't see Lex shake it. Like, we cut away. But we see, like, Lex looking at his hand, looking at him in kind of disdain, Oh, and then we yeah. cut away. Yeah, he's like, hey, look, I'll leave. I'll be out of your life for good. Yeah. But I want you to, you know, art of the deal, seal the deal, like a man, shake my hand. Yeah, and we don't see him do it, but we cut over to a gas station on the outskirts of town. I just assume the outskirts of town, because there's nothing else around. It's like a gas station on the highway. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and Clark uh, is calling Lex from a phone booth um, and revealing that Tippett wants to go public. Uh, and we hear Lex uh, saying that he's on his way. And he sort of like it basically is commercial break, but we come back and like Lex is arriving. Uh, he asks Kyle if he'd be willing to talk to people at the planet and the Inquisitor. He agrees. They uh, get into Lex's car. Like Lex is driving kind of like a town car. Like it's just kind of like a pretty understated car, which yeah. I think maybe it's because of what he's about to do it, do with it. Uh, like they get in the car and as Lex is gassing up, or turns on the gas pump, he locks the car with like a fob. And I'm just like, bitch, just unlock the door and get out. Well, like, well we've already like shown, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's pretty smart. You can still unlock from inside. From inside. Uh, but we've in also established that Clark can just rip doors off of cars. Right. But Clark is like looking around all clueless. Like he's like almost rolling his eyes, like, oh, Lex? He's like, <laughs> Lex, Lex, what's going on? Hey, Lex. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Lex just starts dousing the car in gas. And then he kind of, we see Lex doing that. And then it almost like does like a weird cut where he's now standing like 15 feet away from the car and then throws a lighter into like the trail of gas. And Clark turns around just in time to see this and like boots his own door off, rips the car car door off of the side that Kyle is on and then speeds away right in front of Lex, like right in front of him. So the thing is like when that car went up, like when it exploded, they had to get pretty far away from it. And Lex didn't move. Like Lex should have been disintegrated (laughs) or sunburned at the very least. I mean, he's not going to lose any hair over it, but no, exactly. Maybe some eyebrows, maybe the eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh, so but you know he he gets them out of there, and Lex sees them kind of outside the car and then speed away, and he's just like, Clark, you've got some explaining to do. Yeah, sort of like Lucy, because because now he's seen it. Yeah, and, you know, like he's with his with uh, bare eyes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's not an expression, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> he's seen it with his bare eyes. He's seen it with his bare <laughs> eyes. Um, but like uh, he, he just totally this. watched Clark like turn into a blur. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and this was like the first time you saw this. Right. The first time I saw it, uh, my jaw dropped. Like I remember just... watching this though the original air date. Like, oh shit. Lex knows now is this this is where he takes the turn this is where he takes the turn so early it's yeah. amazing I was like really early like yeah I, I remember but that's the thing is I I don't think I got there I think I was like well somehow Lex is going to find a way to forget or something's going to happen because by the time I started watching the show season three was on and so I knew that there was no way Lex could find out this oh. See, and I was just under the assumption of, because when the show was first announced, I remember being, like, adamantly against the fact that, like, Lex and Clark are friends. That's just dumb. That's yeah, stupid, yeah. and it's never going to work, and blah, 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 blah. And lo and behold, it was fantastic. Uh, it really, like, a stroke of genius. But I remember seeing this when it came out and thinking, yeah. oh, my God, oh, is it just going to be, like, Lex and Clark warring now for, like, the rest of the series? Because I was down for that. Right. And it would have made the series a lot shorter, but maybe for the better? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse. No further questions at this time. I plead the fifth. Yeah. yeah you refuse to be impeached, is what you're yes. saying. Yeah, basically. Because if you're impeached, you'd be impeached. And and then, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So we have no opinions on American politics, though. None. Not our place to say. Nope. Uh, Rickman shows up, though, and he basically puts an Uzi in Lex's hand. What is the most... Like, at the, the first time, like, because Lex follows Clark into the garage, the, the like, the, the garage that's attacked attached to the gas station so he's now like kind of hunting clark down and he steps around a corner and pulls up this uzi <laughs> right and it's so comical that i'm like what like my brain there's a disconnect in my brain like this just looks so weird that you just handed lex an smg for no reason whatsoever yeah and then but, and lex is just like smiling really wide as he just starts just gunning yeah and and then when he starts firing it, that's when it kind of clicks. Is like actually that makes a lot of sense. You don't know Clark's bulletproof. All you know is that he's fast. Yeah. So I mean, something that fires did... off like twenty, thirty yeah. rounds per minute. Yeah, that's the that's the gun you want to take if you're going to go fight a fast Clark Kent. Well, that's the thing is like because of how quickly things happen after like Rickman is showing up at the scene of the crime only a minute after the, the cars exploded. So it's like, there's no way Rickman knew what gun to bring. He just right. brought a gun that he would might be just be quick. an NRA member. Yeah. We maybe yeah, he's, that's just what he has. Just what he carries. You're just sitting in his trunk at all times. You never know, yeah. but you're going to need a submachine gun. But that's the thing is like he Lex hits Clark like a dozen or more times. And like hit Clark is that I think this is the first time where Clark's ever been hit by bullets. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so he gets dropped and Lex goes over and standing over him to finish the job. Uh, Clark kind of stops playing possum. Like he's laying there with his eyes closed and his eyes kind of shoot open and he just smacks Lex across the room into some shelves. And I think at this point spell broken. Because yeah. at this point, like Lex is now going to forget everything that happened. Yes, and I and I think you're uh, right. So this this actually establishes what you had had pitched previously is that like the pain or some kind of like sharp jolt or smack or or impact will right. break the spell, and then you kind of forget what has happened previous right. to that from the time that the spell was like cast. Right, but outside so like i think rickman hears 
the commotion and he's outside. Rickman goes and gets his own gun out and he gets out of his car and Kyle is standing there and kind of there's like a real quick kind of struggle of wills as they basically like shake hands like their hands are basically like they have like a handoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't it, the thing is like I don't see it as a um... Dutch rudder. They're giving each other the double Dutch rudder. Oh. So. All right. <laughs> they're they're touching touching tips at this point. Touching tips at this point. Fingertips. Fing, fingertips. Yeah, yeah. What is, right. What do you mean anything I'm else about? by this guy? Um, it's, it's the thing is, it's not even really that much of a battle. This essentially like cements it. Like Kyle was 100% the more powerful of the two the entire time. Yeah. But it basically, it fucking, it like wipes again. Does it kill, it kills Rickman or he basically, yeah, no, he makes, he makes Rickman shoot himself in the head. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember how that ended. Which which is weird because Clark's or no, is Clark even there? Clark is coming out the door right as Rickman shoots himself. Yeah, because Clark doesn't. Because I do recall Clark not trying to stop it, but I don't think he was actually there to see it. I think he comes out and and um, Rickman's already dead on the ground. Right. He uh, he does let Clark know he knows a secret, but that uh, kind of to not hide the way he did, try to do some great things. The thing that I wonder is like. Kyle has to probably get the hell out of there, right? Like he's escaped from jail, like he's a fugitive. Well, yeah, he. I mean, he says something to that. Like, I, there's a couple cool things in like uh, uh, Kyle's last speech there, where he's like, uh, you know, Clark, like you have incredible powers and you've used them to become a hero, and I really appreciate that. And I'll keep your secret, and maybe I'll start using my powers in the same way. Maybe I can be a hero. Yeah, um, something tells me. I don't know for sure, but something tells me Lex is going to catch up with him. You would think. Because this is this is like the second incident surrounding Clark that seems odd and miraculous and that Lex doesn't have full uh, cognitive recall on. Right. So this is the kind of thing that we know plagues Lex to no end and there's something that he's going to investigate. I do like though that it's it's now somebody outside the Kent farm, outside the Kent family who has seen it's like the first person who has seen Clark's secret and is like, no, don't worry about it. Uh, your secret is safe with me. Right, and then you actually believe them. One hundred percent. Yeah, they say it because I think I don't think there's going to be another one until Pete, and then after that, Virgil Swan. Yeah, I can't wait for the Doctor Swan stuff. Yeah. Uh. So they they kind of they kind of leave it at that. But at home, we see uh, Martha kind of tending to the bruises on Clark from the from the bullets. Yeah, like cause she's like uh, poking holes through either his shirt or a jacket or something. She's like, these are bullet holes. And, or yeah. no, or, or or Jonathan is it Jonathan or Martha? One of them was like, well, I guess we know the answer to that question. Right. Um, and he's just getting a shirt back on when Lana knocks on the door and then waits like a beat and then just walks in. Well, she the thing is, like, I, uh, yeah, which is weird that she hasn't found out anything about Clark because I get the feeling that that's just kind of the relationship she has with the Kents. Yeah, yeah. Being in the next farm over and a little girl who probably played a lot with Clark when they were kids and ran around the but farm. They didn't, probably... but, they, but they didn't because she was always wearing her necklace. They never played together. Never really spent oh, much time together at all, right? That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. So she's but just rude. I have a note here that answers my question about the Chloe thing. She asks Clark if Chloe really kissed him. Oh, so Chloe so does know. Okay. Chloe not only knows, but told Lana that it happened. But again, all we know about is the physical act and we right. don't know about the emotional impact of it. Right. 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 So, and he kind of blanches a little bit. Like he blushes a little. Um, I mean, at this point, all we know is that it is a non-consensual physical act. Alice and Mac. Right. How dare you? The thing is this, I don't know if it's this scene or if it's a scene before this in, the, is there a scene in the barn? There is at the end with Lex. Okay. So they do this scene in the barn 
And the very first like opening shot of it uh, is I have to assume the same prop person that presented the 96 cases earlier right. on. Right. Because there's two, there's like a watering pail and then there's just like a can there and they're mm. both painted bright, bright green. Right. And I'm like, you're on a DC show and you don't put a fucking lantern there. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired. You passed up one of the most obvious Easter eggs in history. You're fired. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Get out. Put a lantern there or get out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Or like, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that, like, it seemed a little weird because I don't think we've seen like props that obvious. Like they seemed like they didn't even belong there at all. And now I'm actually wondering if there was a lantern there and someone's like, get that out of there. Or people are going to think we're going to spin off a green lantern series. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I like the idea that John Diggle might be, might, might be the green lantern. I, I did like that little hint in um, in Elseworlds. In Elseworlds, that was nice. Yeah. John, yeah. you look different. Where's your ring? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lex Lex is visiting Clark there, um, having had no memory of what occurred, and then wondering what happened to Kyle. Uh, and he he's kind of asked if he thinks they'll ever end up like uh, Rickman and Tippett, and Lex is like, no. Nah. Our friendship will be the stuff of legends. Which is one of the best lines Smallville will ever write. Yeah. Uh, and delivered, obviously, fucking perfect by Michael Rosenbaum. Um, right. And then we just, like, black cut. Yeah, they're, sta- they're standing staring out the, uh, the loft. And we kind of zoom out behind them out of the barn. Yeah. Really, Incredible. really, really fun episode. Really good episode. It doesn't like... I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like a Smallville lore. You know, finger quotes. Like a Smallville right. lore episode. But there are quite a few seeds planted. Yeah. That make it at least like a throughway from... You know, it's maybe the A from A to B to C, or it's maybe the B from the A to B to C kind of thing, as far as like the deep uh, Smallville lore goes. Mm-hmm. But fantastic! Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Like, I liked, I liked the whole that whole scene, the whole scene where Lex suddenly knows, and we're like, well, how are they going to get out of this? And I mean, basically, amnesia. Yeah, is... amnesia. I mean, it's going to happen a lot more times, but because it was sort of the first time, it's fine. Yeah, and it was that first time that Lex saw, and you're you're like, like I said, my jaw dropped. Like, oh my god, Lex just saw it. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, we both uh, before we started recording, we both kind of agreed that it's a very weird name for this episode because there's no hugging. No, it's just a lot of hand jobs. It's well, I mean, just hand jobs throughout. Um, yeah. but like, it really should have been called like shake or, or or touch shake. or like, yeah, I don't know. Very weird. Very very. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I wonder if it was supposed to be that they hugged and then maybe and then maybe they're just like, this is just impractical. Jonathan's not going to hug this dude. Lex <laughs> would never hug this dude. Like Jonathan Kent's not hugging anyone. Yeah, <laughs> so I I don't know. It's just a very very weird title for the yeah. episode. If any if any of the listeners out there understand or have a theory as to why this was named Hug, let us know. Um, well, I mean that's the thing is the very next episode we have has a very apt name. What does happen in the next episode? Well. The next episode of Smallville, episode 12, Leech. Clark and a classmate, Eric Summer, are both struck by lightning while Eric is holding kryptonite, and Clark's powers are transferred to Eric. While Clark experiences normal humanity, the emotionally challenged Eric goes on a rampage. Did you say uh, his name is Eric Summer? Eric Summer, yeah. 
Like S U M M E R? Yeah. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> because uh, well, no, oh, no, sorry, I'm totally getting confused. I was going to say because Iceman's name is Scott Summers, but it's not. No, but that's no, not. Uh, uh, so, um, that's Cyclops. Cyclops. Uh, thank you. Yeah. But the reason why you made that connection is because uh, the the big bad Eric Eric is played by the same guy who played Iceman in the X Men movies. Is it uh, Sean? I think this is Sean Ash- Ashmore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can uh, there never, are two I can Ashmores. There are two Ashmore brothers, twins, and they both appear on Smallville. So we yes. might get them. We might be confused this time, but we will correct it when we it, open the next episode. It is Sean Ashmore. I just looked it up on, on IMDb. So oh. Sean Ashmore. And before we started looking this stuff up, but we talked about this off the air a couple episodes ago. I had no idea that they were different people. None. No idea. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people do know that they're twins. I That's only insane, know that they're twins because I've seen them act together. Weird. So, um, yeah, that, I, I think we're done here. We're looking at a pretty long episode, uh, but right. it was a great episode. It's really fun. So really, really, uh, we like to, with the fun ones, we really like to go in depth with them, whether or not they're dumb fun or whether or not they're like serious Smallville fun. Um, right. But uh, that's it. I'll say goodbye and uh, we'll let Polly wrap it up. Yeah. And so um, I guess until next time, everybody, somebody save us.